Welcome back, everyone. It's me, Matt Listalia, your host here on Burn Your Boats. We're back for our Wednesday edition. Uh, that's what you get. So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed yesterday. Yesterday was a lot of fun. Uh, it was kind of the first time that I tied in any sort of... It's not even... Current events, uh, but it's just with the day and everything. It's the first day I kind of brought in that kind of uh, stuff to the show, so it was it was fun for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, today uh, we're going back into our uh, logical fallacies. Um, if you saw, I'm sure that you um, saw the name of the episode, obviously before you started watching. But um, destroy the Man of Steel so that you can be Superman. So. If you're familiar with logical fallacies, you can probably see where this is going or, or where the origins were. But if not, Steel Man is the opposite of the logical fallacy that we're going to be talking about today. And Steel Man is kind of like uh, our hero approach to being better than most people when it comes to debate um, or, or, or arguments or anything like that. This is particularly important because it's 2020, we have a presidential election coming up, but it's also more, it's really important for many aspects of your life. Um, and so, we'll dive into all of that. First, before we get into steel manning and why that's so awesome, we first have to understand what it is the opposite of, which is the straw man logical fallacy. So, um, a straw man is basically... The idea that someone presents you with an argument and you, you, person A presents an argument. Person B responds to a portion of that argument um, and not necessarily responding to a portion, but, but takes that either, takes that argument out of context or assigns a more dramatic or a, um, a a different or not a different aspect to it than what was given initially by the person proposing that argument. So, um, what like an example would be? There are so many examples, and, and finding ones that were <laughs> it's uh, they were all extremely biased. In the examples that they gave, they all leaned one way. It was all very political, actually, and that's where a lot of these logical fallacies are going to go. Because a lot of times, the the easiest the easiest way to um, demonstrate logical fallacies is through um, clear debate that's happening. And and our clearest public debate that happens is oh, often and frequently is um, the public debates that occur for elected official public positions. So, and, and, and the presidential position has become such a, such a highly glorified position um, beyond anything that I think that it was intended by initially, but um, so the run-up for that debate gets, gets highly televised and the Democratic debates are happening right now. Um, one just took place and I didn't watch it, thankfully. <laughs> I, there, there was a time in my life when I wouldn't have missed that. And I am so happy to be in a place in my life where that's not a, it's not a requirement. So, um, but 
so I, I, I worked hard to kind of come up with some of my own and to look up and try to find examples of other ones that weren't necessarily super political leaning. This first one, actually, I guess it could be. Um, but the one that I found was, uh, so the, the problem that's being addressed is young, young kids uh, or teenagers getting pregnant or having sex at an early age. Um, and all of the risks associated with that. But that's the problem set, right? It's not anybody's argument. That's just kids are having sex at a young age. Um, and so person one makes the argument that we should teach kids about contraception, contraceptive or contraception methods um, so that if they choose to have sex, then they will be more informed in order to make better decisions and to be able to do that more safely and to um, avoid premature pregnancies or undesired pregnancies. And so the response to this is proponents of sexual education, which is what the person was proposing in argument one, is just we, we need to teach the kids about these things. We need a sex education program. And so the straw man argument of this is proponents of sex, sexual educations want to give kids the license to have sex with no consequences. And so, you so this is this is how the straw man works. So the the argument, the first argument that was given, wasn't about letting kids do things without consequences. That was that was an assigned motive from the opposing uh, debater given to the first person. The first person. Um, was just gave said that I identified the problem. Sex at a young age is a problem, and this is my proposed solution. And this is what I think the benefit of that solution would be. So instead of um, addressing that argument, they they assigned a radical belief or radical spin on the argument rather than attacking the argument itself. Um, and so that's kind of, that's, that's, that's one of the main strategies of strawmanning is to highlight the most extreme position um, rather than the one that's actually being made. And, but it's, it's, if you can, if you can tie it to it, like this was done, they tied it. It's, it's, yeah, because you do that, now kids can, they'll be able to, to have consequence-free sex, and, and you're promoting that, and that's not necessarily what they're promoting. They're promoting safety um, and, and security in the decision-making process and more knowledge. So, um, another one, uh, if we go into the types of arguments that we probably heard um, in 2016, um, we think about uh, in like the presidential election, and I bring this up, and I, I'm going to give you a left one and a right one, so that way uh, you don't have to feel any which way, or you can feel a way when you hear one and then and then not in the other. Uh, so if you have a particular leaning, um, I think it's really important. It's really important to identify this now, especially before we get into the the general election season, and while we're still in the primary season. Not so many people are focused uh, on what's going on right now. And if you want to watch them do this, like I guarantee you, you're going. If you watch a debate, if you watch any single debate, you're going to see this. 
not just once, you will see this multiple times throughout every single debate. You'll see it not on debates, when in campaign commercials, in uh, the when they're going out and on the trail and they're they're having these these filled auditoriums um, and they're they're assigning and this is even easier. Um, you're you're strawmanning a position of your opponent when they're not even there, so they don't even they don't even have the capacity to respond back. Um, so, but something like a a bad argument from the Democratic side would be. The premises will be the same, right? So you have a student that's in college, and he's in class with the uh, with the professor, and the student says, "Oh, I think um, I think some of President Trump's policy approaches uh, actually have merit," and the professor responds with disgust and says, "I can't believe that you support um, racism and misogyny," you know, and, and so. He's he's taking uh, uh, the the aspect of the person and not the policy and not even the person of the person is the, of the argument of the student but of of Donald Trump and he is he's assigning bad characteristics from him onto the person when that when that student never never even made mention of the fact. That, that of the relevance of that, um, you a person can have good ideas and be a bad person. That that's a very real thing. A per, a person can be amazingly creative um, and not and and make terrible choices in their life. Look at Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson made phenomenal music, absolutely earth shattering. There, I don't think I've had this conversation so many times. I don't think that it's possible for another artist to exist like Michael Jackson did because of the way that our uh, technology and media and everything is set up now. And so he was he was one of a kind, and he had very, very dark, messed up parts of him. And this goes back to what we talked about yesterday. Um, if you didn't listen, go back and check it out. But it, um, when we talked about the sordid history of, of America and that it's not one or the other, it's both, both are there. Um, and not acknowledging the good when the good is there is equally as bad or inaccurate and and detrimental to any argument as as doing the opposite. You know, of not identifying um, any of the any of the good. If you don't identify the good things that happen, then that's then you're not being accurate. And if you don't identify the bad things that happen, then you're also not being accurate. Um, both things exist, and so. Donald Trump can have policies that have merit, that, that can be beneficial, um, and he can also, it, according to the, the professor in the story, he can, he can be a racist and a misogynist. Um, both of those things can actually exist at the same time, and it doesn't, and it doesn't defunct the, the student's argument in saying so. So that is where the straw man logical fallacy is. And then on the flip side... Uh, the student says, I actually think that Hillary Clinton has some really good policy. Uh, her policies have really good merits. And then the professor says, uh, oh, so we, you support giving classified information to foreign governments. Um, and that, again, it's the same, it's the same exact thing. So you're attacking the person, like the third party who's not even there, 
and assigning the worst part about them to the person who's making the argument when it has nothing to do with it. Now, if 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 that was about if you brought it in from the person and how it relates to a particular policy, then we're getting away from straw manning. But when you when you are taking when you are loosely connecting an idea to the argument and making it extreme and assigning it to that person's belief, that's straw manning. It's a, when you're assigning something to their belief that they didn't say, they, didn't, they, they did not claim ownership of. So that is how you can identify the straw man when it's happening, when you see it, when it's happening to you, and shoot, when you're doing it. It's, it's like the most important part about this is to identify when you're doing it. Um, and that way you can stop making those arguments and you, and you can make them better. Um, so if, if you're in a situation and you identify the fact that somebody has made a straw man argument against you, then there are, multi, there are a couple of different ways that you can go about this. Um, and it's the, the context of the situation matters, right? So if you are... If you're in a situation where, like, you're at a friend's place and you're hanging out and you're just talking and, you know, eating dinner together and having a few drinks or whatever, um, and you have the time and you guys are, are, are able to have a conversation about it where it's, where you're not time constrained and it's kind of relaxed, I mean, you can, there, you can address it. So if they bring up, if they straw man your argument, then you can just bring up, like, hey, uh, so that's not actually the argument that I made. I made, I made this argument. Um, and so, like, I didn't say that. Uh, an example, like, a, a great example of uh, interpersonal one is, uh, there's a lot of personal strife in relationships when it comes to uh, finances. And so, um, say you and your wife are looking at buying a house and you're like, I really want this house. And your wife's like, I don't know if that's really like financially sound. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's a, that's, that's financially good for us. And then your response is like, Oh, well, what, you don't want to live in a house? Like we, we're going to live in a, in a crap hole apartment for the rest of our life then. Um, well, she never said that you need to live in a crap hole apartment. She never said that you were going to live in a crap hole apartment for the rest of your life. And so as the wife, those are the things you're going to respond like, no, I didn't. I didn't say that we were going to live in a crap little apartment. Um, and I, and then you can break down like, I meant now. I mean, like right now. We're, you're going to get a promotion in the next year and I'm finishing school or you know, whatever the case may be. And, um, and our income is going to significantly increase and we can save up and put a nice down payment down. Doing it now will actually handicap us. Um, versus being a benefit to us. Right now, someone else is taking all of the uh, risk with maintenance on the house, and we're paying a little bit more rent as essentially as insurance, so we don't have to pay for those things when they come up. Um, and so that is that is a way to address it. Another way is to just outright ignore the straw man and go back to your argument. And so in that case, it would be, you know... Uh, instead of saying no, that's not that's not what I said. Like you just go back to the argument itself and just go back. Like, well, look at look at the bank. Like we don't have the money. We don't have twenty percent to put down on this five hundred thousand dollar house right now. Um, where do you wh where do you think you're going to get the money from? Like we're going to get a loan for the mortgage. We don't have to look at the dollars and cents in the account. It's not there. Um, so then you're not you're not addressing. The straw man, you're going back to your point 
and and strengthening it with more evidence. Um, another another really cool uh, example of of the straw man tactic is actually around self driving cars. And so say, oh, self driving cars are so amazing; they're the future, and they're so much safer. And then someone responds like, oh, they're not safe. Didn't you hear about the pedestrian that got killed in Arizona by the self driving uh, Uber driver or whatever the case was that happened? Um, and so they're taking. What so then it's it's you they're not assigning you any any malintent they're just saying that you're misinformed or you're not correct and they're citing this um, this one example as the car's not being safe um, and so you can address it head on and say uh, yeah rather than rather than dismissing the what they're saying. And rather than ignoring it, then you you actually like oh yeah no I'm I'm I I was aware of that and I I, I know that that was that was a tragic tragic thing that happened and it was there was a, a malfunction with the self driving cars um, and that's not it's any death on the road is not okay but if you look at the statistics between the the percentage of self driving cars. And the fatal accidents that occur with self-driving cars because of a malfunction with the self-driving uh, technology itself versus the percentage of people that are getting in fa fatal or lethal accidents um, that have nothing to do with self-driving cars. And not just the numbers, but the percentages of them. And so you're looking, you're making the most accurate argument um, possible while fully addressing the straw man that they set up to, to be this argument, you know, that... Uh, that exists against yours, which can be lit on fire easily because it's not grounded in uh, a real strong foundational um, structure, mental structure. Um, and so, if we're if we're identifying if we're identifying what straw man arguments are, and we are identifying what the best approaches are to address a straw man. Um, how can we, how can we avoid making straw man arguments ourselves? One of the most important aspects to this is to, when you're having a debate about something, and, and like many of us probably will this year because of the debates and the presidential election that's happening, to, to take action now, mentally, to help you to avoid falling yourself into the trap of straw manning, uh, creating a straw man argument, you are, you would best serve yourself by thinking about what is the intent of, what is your intent in the argument? Is your intent to win? Or is your intent to be correct? It's not the same thing. You can be correct and absolutely lose the argument <laughs> because other people have more compassionate or, or passionate uh, uh, appeals you know and to people's emotions and they have really solid one-liners but is is your goal to come up with the best one-liner to zing the other person and to win or is it to come across and be accurate to be correct to find truth that is where 
that is where we rise above. And that is how we become supermen and superwomen in this situation is by focusing on the correctness and not on the win. And so in order to become the the superman or superwoman, you have to you have to create that steel man. Like I said, if we're gonna destroy the steel man, we've got to create it. And so what is a steel man? Well if a straw man is taking a portion of an argument and it is twisting it in a way and assigning it extra virtues that are not with that are not founded in line with the person's argument that they made and you're giving it to them extra, then a steel man is the opposite of that. So it's somebody makes an argument and then rather than than changing the argument and making it more dramatic and more extreme in order to you can tear it apart super easily, you you take somebody's argument, you take an opposing argument, and you actually bolster it up. So if an argument comes out and it's solid and it's strong, you come out and you make it stronger. You're like, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, but, like, you didn't even account for X, Y, or Z in your argument. Like, there's all of these factors, too, that you absolutely need to consider that are super serious and, and, and back you up. And the minute that you do that, multiple things happen. They see that you are taking their argument seriously. You're not dismissing it. You're taking it on almost as your own. And another way to do this, rather than than um, straight up adding strength to it, is by asking questions and letting them, letting them, giving them the opportunity to, opportunity, opportunity to bolster up that argument on their own. And so, either way, either way, when you're taking the action to bolster up that argument, to make it the best possible version of itself, you are steel manning that argument. And that is what the goal is, um, because it pushes us. It pushes everyone to be better. It pushes you, more, most specifically, to be better, because if you're, if you're doing that, it's because you've thought out your positions and your thoughts and, and, and what you find to be important, and... And you've you've run it through the gambit against this steel man, so that and and you know now that like you've tested it. Like there's no there's no way you're gonna steel man an argument if you're not ready to destroy that steel man. Because then you're if you can't if you can't destroy the steel man, you're wrong. <laughs> like your argument is not correct, and maybe the steel man position that you've helped create is, and then your mind changes, and then you're like, oh okay, this steel man position is right. Um, and in your process of figuring that out, you figure out more about yourself. You figure out more on the, about the world and the way that things operate around you because you're giving it the time and focused dedication and energy to find what is true and not finding the best one-liner to win. That's, that's the difference. So what, when we're thinking about, like, why does this matter? Obviously, like I said over and over, the big, the big premise today is like the, the presidential debates. The, right now, the Democrats are doing their thing. Um, soon, it's going to be Trump and whoever the nominee from the Democratic Party is, and they're going to go head to head at it. And, and you're going to hear these things, and you're going to hear it. And now, if you if you were not familiar with straw manning before, you're going to you're going to see it so much. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like this is the real thing that happens. Yeah, that's a real thing that happens all the time, and you're going to see it. It's so glaringly obvious that it will actually. I don't know. It might do a couple of things for me. Now it makes me laugh. I giggle. When it happens, when I see it, when I see like the professionals, when I see the the person that's running for the top office in the United States, 
<laughs> making a straw man argument. Like, is this really a thing that's happening? It might disgust you. Um, uh, it might make you so upset. Um, it makes me laugh. <laughs> that, that, like, that's a real thing. Um, but this works at work um, when you're discussing new ideas and, and, and expansion or, or, or new projects that are coming up at home. Like I gave the example of buying a new house doesn't work for buying a car. Big decisions that come up. Um, any point of contention, and, and you'll see it. You'll see that you may do it more frequently in your life than you even realize. Your friends may be doing it to you more frequently than you realize. And then they even realize. And, and when you start identifying these things, then you start to, to push out those types of arguments because people are going to realize like, oh, I can't, I can't argue that way. Or they're just like, I, I quit. <laughs> like, I got it. Like, you, you win. Um, and it, again, like I said, it's not about winning. It's just like, you're correct. Like, and, and then they might, they might say that they might throw their arms up for the night and they might go back and do research and, and, and you'll see if your, does your argument actually hold water? We'll find out. Um, and so that works, that works with all of those things. But one of the things that really stood out to me when I was sitting down and really thinking about this and writing out my notes and everything for today I was I was thinking about your kids and thinking about the arguments that you make um, to your kids because oftentimes you're not you're not arguing with them you are essentially like let's be like you're indoctrinating your kids and the goal or the hope is that you're indoctrinating them with good solid foundational morals and high principles and and all the things that that we talked about yesterday with um, with Aristotle and MLK Jr. And, um, and, and so if you believe that to be true, which, which hopefully you do, right? Hopefully like you believe that you're teaching your kid the best lesson about life. Um, but if you're doing that and, and you're the, the evidence that you're giving them is weak because they're young and inexperienced and they just accept what you're saying at face value. You're like, cool, man. Like you believe me and people don't normally listen to me and I'm going to take all these little victories that I can like, okay, you can do that. If you do that, this is what's going to happen. They're going to leave. They're gonna, they have their friends. They're going to bring up your ideas to their friends. And then their friends are going to embarrass them because they have uh, their friends have been exposed to better arguments than the ones that you've provided your kids with. Um, and then they're going to be embarrassed in front of their friends and they're going to resent you for that. That's like the best case scenario. The... It gets worse the later this gets. So say that they're able to make, they're able to take your crappy, non-thought-out, non-well-thought-out, or not well-illustrated ideas, and they're able to to get the talking points enough from them to convince their friends, and and then they go on and they and they're having they're having a good old time throughout their lives, and then they leave home and they go to college, and then they go to a professor, and they bring up their ideas. Like the, the greatest example of this. Is uh, the comedic example is in um, the Water Boy with Adam Sandler when he goes to college and he's like, "My mom always said," well, like, and then he gets embarrassed and then he goes back and he resents his mom. Like it's a perfectly accurate representation of exactly what happens in real life. You get these people with these really strong religious foundations and they find out how weak the foundation really is when they go to school and they have these these influence these these extremely intelligent professors that that are enlightening and they've been around the world and done all these things that your parents have never done. And this is the first time you've ever left home and you're all like, oh my gosh, and this person is telling me that everything I've learned is a bunch of baloney. And and they're giving all of these great arguments about why they're right and why my parents and everything I've learned has been wrong. And so not only are your kids going to be embarrassed 
and are they going to resent you? But they're they're gonna their worldview is going to be shattered. They're going to have an identity crisis um, if you've embedded strong principles in them their whole life, but haven't firmed it up with a strong foundation, a strong backing. You didn't present the hardest arguments to them, and you didn't tell them it's important to question, and and you didn't create an environment that was that was one that was open to questioning and to doing research and being able to say, like, I don't know, like, let's find that out together. If you don't do that, then, then your the shattering of your kid's future is what you get. So this, that's what you get Wednesday, is actually for not just you and not just your spouse and not just your work and not just for the presidency, but it's for the future. It's for your lineage moving forward. So if you don't create the foundation based on facts and you don't, you don't spend the time to really challenge your own beliefs and thoughts to the point where you can actually instill them in your kids and in your friends and your community in a way that's not just effective and not just a win but is correct and true then the fallout is what you get and that there's nothing i can do to help you out so i hope that you take this and you drive forward in a way that is not conducive to that and you you push for facts and you push for truth um there's a lot of noise to fight through and it is very difficult Listening to arguments from both sides is probably the most, just a quick, easy shortcut to trying to find your way through this. Best of luck to you. I'm still fighting through it every day. And the best that we can do is fight and make an honest, true effort towards it. If you do that, I can keep coming back and we can keep progressing on this road together. And thank you so much. I really appreciate every single day that you guys come back. I know that this week has been funky. The Tuesday episode came out today on Wednesday. Hopefully today, I'm saying right now, that is Wednesday. And recording it now on Wednesday. Actually goes out today. It is late. And so, I don't know. We'll see. At worst case, hopefully you'll see this tomorrow on Thursday. But my goal is to get it to you today. I love all you guys so much. And I will see you here next time.